But I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer, and we're just going to go home right now. <laughs> because uh, John Piper is a uh, hard act to follow. And I know that was a little long, but I just wanted to say that um, I really felt in my spirit that we needed to hear that before I go into what I'm going to say this morning. So let's pray, and then uh, we're going to uh, go into the heart, part two, I think last week was part one, part two, the heart of Summit Community Church, and kind of why we're actually here in the first place, okay? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the time that we can come together as a church, Lord, and worship you. Worship you in song, worship you in prayer, and worship you through the proclamation of your word, Lord, the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that today that you would use all of these things, Lord, to just bring us into a state of worship where we glorify you, God, in every single thing that we do. Every single thought is captive to the word of God. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with us this morning and set our hearts on fire, open our eyes and our hearts to what you would have us to learn and hear and see this morning. Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen. So there have been many influences on my life, uh, both my life and my ministry, as I have been going through my whole ministry I don't want to say career, but my whole, you know, so I've been, I've been, I've been working in a secular uh, job. I've been in ministry, but there are people who are both living and have passed away that always have an influence on pastors. And I have to tell you, John Piper is one of those individuals that has had a very strong impact on my life and ministry. Now, I am not John Piper, you know, and I don't really want to be him. I don't think, <laughs> but, um, you know, the Lord has put him in his place, and I think the Lord has brought me here for a certain reason as well, right? But there are some things that he teaches that I strongly agree with, and I think are foundational to my beliefs and my ministry and my ministry philosophy, all right? And this idea that he talked about of preaching as being expository exaltation is one of them. All right, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that this morning and how that applies to Summit Community Church, especially going forward. Now, last week, last week, now, if you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, I would highly encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and listen to part one of our new series. We're starting just over the next couple of weeks, then we'll get back into John. But uh, we're starting a new series called The Heart of Summit Community Church. All right, and this is what we are about. We're starting 2023. And we're going to be going like gangbusters, okay? And I think this series is very important. So if you were not here last week, go to our YouTube channel, watch that. And it's about what kind of church do we want to be? And we looked at Acts 2, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, to see what kind of church that we wanted to be. And we found out that, you know, people are going to ask, well, why are you here? Right? There's, There's... I said last week, you do a Google search, there's like a bazillion churches all around this area. So why, why are we here? And we are here, why do we exist? We exist to do three things. We exist to glorify God, make disciples of Jesus Christ, 
and bless our community. That is why we are here. Okay, so now, you know, when somebody says, oh, you go to some, why, why are you even there? Why are you all even there? We can tell them that, you know, we can answer them why we are here. But then if our neighbors and our friends are like, man, that's awesome. They want to jump on the summit train, right? And we're going to take off. But of course, before they jump on the summit train, they're going to ask, well, where are you going? Because nobody gets in a car or jumps on the train not knowing where they're going. At least most people don't, right? They want to know where you're going. So why, when they ask us, then why are you even here? We can say to glorify God, to make disciples of Jesus Christ, and to bless our community. But then they say, man, that's awesome, but, you know, where are you going? And I think the answer to that question, I believe, is something like this. And we're going to talk about this in our, in our vision meeting. It's already next week, next week after church. I would highly encourage everybody to be here for that. Summit desires to be the leading community of gospel, hope, and truth for all, for all of central Missouri. We desire to be a gospel well of overflowing living water that floods central Missouri with the hope and truth of God's grace. Right? When someone asks us about Christianity, what is, you know, there's a lot of just bad information about Christianity, right? But somebody said, what, what is that all about? What, what do you even believe? Their first thought should be, go to Summit Community Church. All right? If someone wants to know what the Bible says and what it really means, their first thought should be, go check out Summit Community Church. All right? When someone is hurting and needs something more than what the world can provide, we need to be there for them. Notice that these statements really have nothing to do with size. Okay, it's not the size, it's the impact for the kingdom of God and in the lives of our greater community that matters. Okay, but how do we get there? How can we fulfill our mission and continue to move forward you know, toward the vision that God has given us? So that's what this is about. Over the next four weeks, I'm going to be speaking about four pillars Right, the four pillars of Summit Community Church that form our foundation and support why we are here, where we are going, and how we are going to get there. So these pillars are these. Proclaiming the Word of God with boldness, worshiping in spirit and in truth, acting out our faith in truth and in love, and cultivating a Christ-like mind. Okay, I believe these four pillars will form the foundation, the heart of Summit Community Church. So this morning, we're going to dive into the first one, proclaiming the Word of God with boldness. Now, you know, again, I apologize that John Piper was a little long, but I think it's important because I'm going to try to explain what he was talking about and how that applies actually here, all right? So why is preaching... So important that we take 30 minutes or more out of the service each week to do it, right? Why can't we just have a discussion? Or why can't we just have like a little Q&A session, okay? Or, you know, or show a video and just sort of be done, right? Why has the Christian church, since its beginning, and actually before its beginning, even with the, with the Jewish worship in the temple, why has all of this been centered around a sermon? 
right? It all has to do with the glory of God, the gospel of Christ, and the work of the Holy Spirit through the very words of God. Okay, preaching is the work of the triune God, and like he said, it is meant for worship. You know, we don't have, I mean, Caleb didn't do worship, and then we move into preaching and then have some prayer in there, right? All of this is worship. From the very first note that he plays to the last prayer that we say at the end, it is all meant for worship and to give glory to God. So worship over the word of God then is preaching. And John Piper calls it expository exaltation. Now, he's a lot smarter than me, so I'm going to just borrow that term from him because I kind of like the term and I like what it implies, right? So let's look at that and then we're going to look at some scripture. So what does this even mean? I think I'm going to kind of get into it and how that applies then to Summit Community Church. All right, expository means to explain the text of the Bible. That's what it means. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 states this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So if you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, go ahead and turn there. We're going to be going back and forth to there. Uh, we are going to be jumping around, but go ahead and open to 2 Timothy, starting verse 3. I mean, sorry, chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to go into chapter 4. But I like this because it says, so Scripture, this book is inspired by the Word of God. Literally, it's breathed out by God. These are the very words of God. And if Scripture then is inspired and breathed out by God, then the preachers like me who preach and teach need to be careful that they understand what this book says and what the intent is, right? And all Scripture is God's words given through us human beings, then I need to help make what this word says and what this word means clear to everybody else, right? So God intends to communicate to us His very mind, right? What He wants to say, and that's what's in that book. So I think this is a very serious endeavor, right? I don't, I mean, many churches, I think, just sort of take this as something flippant, right? Like you said, we're going to give up, we're going to entertain y'all, I'm going to give about a 20-minute talk, everybody's going to laugh, and we're going to feel good about ourselves. Like he says, you know, I, for those of y'all have, that have been here for the past six months since I've been here, I'm a little different than that, okay? I'm a little different than that. But 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul writes this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So diligence, seriousness, accuracy, and clarity are all very important. Right? This is, after all, this ain't some romance novel that we're going to go buy on Amazon. All right? These are the words of God and must be treated with all the weight and seriousness that they deserve. All right, so my point is to take texts from the Bible and then explain them to you. And I just kind of like to take, you know, here's the way I approach things, right? I want to explain the text, then I'm going to explain the doctrine that the text talks about, and then we're going to apply it to your life because I think all three of those are necessary. 
right? And what I don't do is, hopefully, I don't just go, oh, we're going to read a text of the Bible, and then I'm going to just talk for 20 minutes about my own opinions and my own thoughts, right? That, that's not doing you any good, and in fact, I would argue that's deceiving you if a pastor does that, right? I will also not do this. I will never say, you know, the Bible says X, Y, Z, and never take you there, right? If I say the Bible says X, Y, Z, I'm going to say it does so in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, so let's go there, because I want you to see that as well. Okay, because that's going to help you in your own reading and your own study. Okay, but that's not enough. Explaining to you what the Bible means is not enough, right? We should also, like he said, do what's called exult over the text. And what does that mean? We rejoice greatly in the message and the beauty and the value and the worth of what the text is saying about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even on topics such as death, sin, and hell, preaching must create a rejoicing in the service of the gospel, right? The Bible is going to clarify these hard subjects, and it should cause us to groan. Literally, our hearts should be weighed down and groaning about sin and death and hell because we all know people who are going to be going over that cliff and not be prepared. Right? But at the same time, then it sets us like it sets us on fire for God and his glorious gospel, which proves that sin and death and hell are not the end, but that we can have eternal life with God free from pain and death and sin and hell and suffering and brokenness. Okay, we see the glory of God in the gospel and the infinite value of his great mercy and love for sinners and the beauty of the gospel message. All right? Those things are not the end, but we can see what the end is. So, expository exaltation is the rejoicing over the word of God made plain. All right? It is the proclamation of clear biblical truth made beautiful, and I like the word savory, right? We want to eat it. We want to digest it. We want to love it. We want to savor it. It needs to get down in us and help us, you know, change our lives and help us live to his glory and to bless the community, all right? So it's the power of the Spirit to make these truths and God's glory and majesty alive in us, okay? Now, if I don't exposit the text, then I'm not making the text and the truth clear. But if we are not exalting over the text, if we're not rejoicing and worshiping and celebrating, right, the author of the scriptures through the message of the text, then, you know, we still don't see this value and beauty of the truth and the author of this truth. And my friends, that's why I think our heads and hearts need to be ready to worship when we come here on Sunday mornings, right? I mean, if we're not prepared to worship, ready to see God in all of his glory and ready to receive what he desires to communicate to us through his word, then quite frankly, I mean, no song or no preacher is going to be good enough, 
right? This is the problem. We have worship wars and we fight. Well, I don't like that song. I don't like that song. I don't like that type of music. You know, Brett's preaching's too hard. I want something more light. Or no, I don't want something light. I want something like that. You know, it doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. We need to prepare ourselves Saturday night, quite frankly, certainly Sunday morning, to come into church, worship and give God glory, and then hear and understand and apply what God is communicating to us. Okay? So how does this play out in Summit Community Church? Right? This is simply a continuation of worship, but it is a pillar that supports and feeds our mission. Right? It brings the elements of why we exist to life. How so? Well, the first part of our mission is what? To glorify God. Now, if we don't do this, then it really doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> right? I mean, that's why, that's, that's why we are here. That's why each of us as individuals are put on this earth. Ultimately, is to glorify God. All right? So, expository exaltation then enlightens our minds to the truth of God's word to us, and then it shines forth this value and majesty and beauty of the God who is communicating to us through these words. All right? So we glorify God, you know, in preaching, in song, in prayer, as worship, right? We explain and understand the gospel, and then it magnifies the name of God in all of his love for humanity. It makes his message clear and grows our respect and understanding for the word, but at the same time, it gives us a glimpse of this infinitely majestic, glorious God who made the heavens and the earth and everything in them, all right? All throughout Acts, the preaching of the word of God glorifies God, right? So when Peter Peter reports to the church in Jerusalem after he went to go visit Paul and talks about all these glorious things that God did in the church. And Acts eleven eighteen says this, when they heard these things, this is uh, the Jerusalem church, when they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Acts thirteen forty eight speaks of the result of Paul and Barnabas in Antioch. And when the Gentiles heard this, this is their message, they begin rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Man, I would love for Summit Community Church to have worship and prayer and preaching and the word of the Lord spread to all of central Missouri. I think that would be awesome. Paul reported to James in Jerusalem about his work with the Gentiles. In Acts 21, verse 19, it says this. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And these are just a few verses, right? So, I mean, this is what we need to do. This is why we glorify God in preaching. Now, next week, we're going to talk about worship in the spirit and truth. But... This is why we glorify God in preaching. So secondly, Summit Community Church exists to make disciples of Jesus Christ, right? And this preaching, expository exaltation clarifies the word of God, and it cuts to the quick, right? After the apostles proclaimed the word of God boldly at Pentecost, Luke wrote in Acts 2.37, they said this, Now when they had heard this, Peter's preaching, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. 
3,000 souls were saved and added to the kingdom that day. And then what did they do after that? We talked about that last week, right? The new disciples continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the very word of God, right? This preaching made disciples, and then it created in them a hunger for the word of God. So in order to make disciples then, I mean, this is what, I'm, this is what God has given me as one of my responsibilities, right? In Acts chapter 6, when the numbers of disciples began to grow and the needs of these followers were many, the apostles actually appointed deacons to, ke- to take care of the needs of the poor so that the apostles could then continue to focus on prayer and preaching. But what happened? Acts chapter 6 verse 7 says this, And the word of God continued to increase And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. I mean, think about that. The number of disciples multiplied, and even some of the Jewish Jewish, uh, priests repented and were saved. So why do we do this? To create in our congregation, to create in all of us, a love for and a hunger for the Word of God. And then the Word of God then feeds that hunger, and then we multiply disciples, Right? I mean, that's, it's simple, I think. But now thirdly, remember, our mission is to glorify God to make disciples. But then our third leg of our mission is to bless our community. And you're thinking, okay, Brett, that's great. But how do you getting up speaking 30 minutes on a Sunday, how does that bless our community, right? Well, think about this. As we glorify God through the preaching and teaching of God's word, and more and more disciples then are made then our hearts are transformed by the Holy Spirit working through the Word, through the Word of God, through the Bible, right? We then grow to love one another as ourselves, right? Self, and I like to say the capital S, self, that most people in the world worship, becomes less and less and less important, and others become more important. Okay, we become more gentle. We become more kind to one another. We exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, as Paul writes in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So as we live in our communities, then we become more patient. In fact, we become more patient in traffic as we fight to get out of Jeff City at 5 o'clock, okay? We become more patient in the line at Walmart when there are no checkout people and we get behind someone with a cart full of groceries trying to self-checkout, okay? We become more patient, right? We become more kind to the, you know, just in general, Right? We control our tempers and we control our language when things doesn't go our way, right? We don't gossip about one another. We show kindness to one another. We sacrificially give to others in need and then we help those get back on their feet, right? When they become, you know, down and out. So in many, you know, in many of us, you know, if many of us then lived out the fruits of the Spirit then imagine the transformation in Holt Summit. Imagine the transformation in Callaway County. 
Imagine the transportation, uh, transformation in the greater central Missouri area. Right? This is, I mean, people go, Brett, you're just like, what are you on this morning? You know, I want some of your drugs. What are you on this morning? It's not a pipe dream. This could be real. It could be real. Yes, we are imperfect people, right? But kindness and patience and self-control shown by imperfect people to other imperfect people can make a huge difference. That can make a huge difference. All right, so now what happens if churches, including Summit Community Church, do not preach and teach with seriousness and boldness? 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4, tells us this. I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. But he says, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now, look at this text. So Paul first charges young Timothy to preach the word of God, right? Preach, rebuke, exhort with all patience and teaching. He says, do it now whether it's popular or not. Because there will come a time when people will no longer accept biblical teaching that is valid and true, but will become so depraved in heart and mind that they will instead demand for themselves teachers to say what they want them to say. The truth will just be too hard to hear, so people will turn away from the truth and instead start believing in things that, quite frankly, are not true but they're easier to accept and they reinforce and stroke our own egos and desires, okay? You know, they're going to talk about something that is culturally acceptable but perhaps leads you straight off the cliff. Okay, so how many churches now accept and ordain homosexual ministers? Bless same-sex unions and endorse and promote transgenderism, right? Right? We want to continue to love every single person because every single person has been created in the image of God, right? But we cannot affirm their lifestyle no matter how culturally acceptable it is. Evolution. Evolution is taught everywhere. You see it on TV, commercials, everywhere. But my friends, this is something most church people don't even think about. Evolution, you know, if God did not create then Adam and Eve did not sin. And if Adam and Eve did not sin, Christ, who needs Christ and why did he even come in the first place? And if that's the case, then why are we even here? You see, we have to understand the implications of some of these things because if you follow the logic, it just destroys everything that this Bible, that this book says. All right? I mean... You know, I know a pastor that used to not condemn anyone for doing anything because he misused Romans 8.1. Now there is no condemnation. That's what he used to say. Now there's no condemnation. I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody. I'm not going to correct anybody. I'm not going to do that because, you know, there's no condemnation. And I want everybody to come in here and be happy. But he left off the last part. Now there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. 
And he completely botched the entire context. He's not talking about people being unloving. This text talks about salvation in Christ. Okay, and I love this brother. But he justified his, his, uh, you know, his intolerance, his, his uh, avoidance of conflict by unsound teaching. Okay, there's some hard things that we have to do. Right? How many millions of prosperity teachers have milked people for millions of dollars because they promised them wealth, riches, and healing using the exact same words as Satan used to tempt Christ and instead promote the worship of self right, and wealth? So many people desire an easy gospel. They just want to say some prayer. They want to get their fire insurance. And then they want to live their life the way they want to live. And I'm sorry, friends, I mean, this is hard. So many, I think so many churchgoers desire to be entertained in church rather than taught the word of God. And I was one of those people. I'm just going to, I was one of those people. Now, today, I think we have a wide gap between truth-centered Christianity, which seeks to explain the biblical text for the glory of God, the redemption of sinners, right? Between truth-centered and Christ-centered Christianity and technique-centered Christianity, which basically seeks to use the Bible to essentially get what we want, when we want it, and to live like we want. So that's why I think America, in America, biblical historical Christianity that says all humanity is radically depraved, right? Radically corrupted. We are unable to help ourselves. And God must save sinners like us by his own grace and mercy so that we can live and think and work to the glory of God. I think that has given, you know, that in America has given way to American Christianity, which says God helps those who help themselves. How many people think that's in the Bible? That is not in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says just the opposite. God helps those who can't help themselves. Okay? But American Christianity typically says, you know, God helps those who help themselves, that we're not as bad as we think we are, and that with a little help from God, we can set ourselves right and just be better people. All right? God is my co-pilot. How many of y'all have heard that? God is my co-pilot. You know, I'm driving my own life. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm taking my life where it wants to go. Jesus is over here. God is over here sleeping in the passenger seat, right? Until I need to just ask him for directions or ask him what this little light means that's blinking on my dashboard right here, okay? My friends, that's... That, I'm sorry, I believe that this is a very sad situation, Okay, I'm sorry, and I think it's true. I mean, some people won't agree with me, but I have to be honest, this is, this is a burden that I have. This is a burden that I have for each and every one of you. It's a burden that I have for Holt Summit. It's, it's just, it just weighs on my heart for the greater Callaway County, Central Missouri area. I mean... If someone wants an entertaining and feel-good message that's light and fluffy and quick, you know, and leaves you feeling good about yourself, like, I'm not going to lie, Summit Community Church just may not be the place for you. 
You've got to stand. But I beg you, okay, I, I will plead with you. If you are at all concerned about the very fact that God is angry with sinners and the judgment of hell is real, then please, please stay here. Okay, please invite your friends to hear the gospel message. Okay, because I might not be very entertaining or light, okay? And I will challenge your very soul about eternity and your relationship with God. Let me tell you something, friends. Everybody has a relationship with God. You are either a child of God or you are a child of the devil. There is no, there's no middle ground here. There is no middle ground here. Okay, I will point you to Jesus Christ and I will implore you, I will beg you, I will plead with you to plead with the Holy Spirit to give you a new life in Christ by opening your eyes and, and believing in His name. Okay, I may not be funny on Sundays. I'm funny after Sundays, okay? <laughs> you know, um, but know this, all right? I, I deeply care about each and every one of your souls. I do. I deeply care about this. Okay, I will not make light of God. I will not make light of the Word of God or your eternal destiny while I still have breath. And I'm telling you right now, I, I feel like I like the analogy John Piper said that he is standing on a cliff, okay? And he is looking down at this darkness, okay? And people may fall over the cliff, ready or not, at any moment, okay? But I feel like I'm standing on the edge of the cliff and I see what's down there and I'm standing over here going, no, no, stop, stop, let me help you, let me help you. Meanwhile... You've got people who are, who are running lickety-split down here, and they're going to do a cannonball into this darkness because they think that is where pleasure and happiness lies. And I'm trying to say, no, no, no. And there are others who are walking up to the cliff, and they're going, man, that dude looks happy. Maybe I'm just going to jump off into this thing too because I want to be happy. And I'm trying to say, no, you, let me tell you what's down there. Let me tell you what's that. No, please stop. Let me tell you what's down there, Okay. And there are others who come up and they're looking down there and going, hmm, you know, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure what's down there. And we talk to them when we help them. They believe in Christ. And then they become partners with us trying to form a wall that says, no, don't jump down there. Please let me tell you what's down there. That's how I feel. I don't want anybody to do a cannonball off there because they think that's where their joy lies or that's where their happiness is going to be. Because it may be fun while you're here on the earth, but I guarantee you it will not be fun. And there's one chance. There is one chance we get, and it is in this life. There's one chance. And I'm sorry, I'm a little passionate too. Okay, I'm a little passionate too. I'm not sorry. I do not apologize for that because your soul is at stake. And I am here to be used by the Holy Spirit to do whatever I can do to help you see the truth and glorify God in the truth. So the enemy of our souls knows his time is short 
and he is engaged in an all-out war to keep those captives that he has, secure his possessions, and get more. I always like to say that our enemy used to conduct a guerrilla war behind the scenes, right? He used to, in the shadows, he used to try to tempt people and do this kind of thing behind the scenes. But now, my friends, I'm telling you, now, now he's out of the shadows. Okay, the war has started. And I mean, he is not hiding his face anymore. People are not trying to be subtle about what they do anymore. And my friends, the devil is trying to capture as many souls as he can. Okay, and we must be diligent. We must accept sound teaching. We must hold fast to the word of God. We must glorify God as our greatest treasure and desire. All right, we must build each other up and hold each other up. All right, because I am certain that the time is coming quickly and may already be here when those that wander off into myths will not just not put up with the truth, but they will persecute those who still hold to the truth. All right, and we will need each other more than ever when that happens. Okay, our only hope will be the gospel of Christ the foundation of the word of God, and each other. And that is why preaching the word of God boldly is so important and is a pillar of Summit Community Church. So let's pray.